Hello, creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend your time with us. I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and to empower people, especially adults, to own their voices and talents that come in so many different forms. This space was created to talk to people with all different kinds of jobs, hobbies, and interests, and to have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. How do you define creativity? How do you incorporate it into your life? And why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to speak to so many. I've spoken to musicians, comedians, doctor, lawyer, wrestlers, Reiki masters, and entrepreneurs as young as 13. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as that magic spark, how we show up in our life, imagination, basically all that we are and want to be, do, or have. So I believe from my heart that sharing these stories gives one the ability to expand their thinking, open themselves up for more self-expression, to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. So my inspiring guest for today is Jayanthi Sankar. She is a lover of fiction, both in writing and reading. Jayanthi enjoys expanding her creative world. While living in her fictional world, most of the time she interacts with the characters she forms and shapes. So writing a novel is more of a process that she truly lives and loves, and she's all into experimenting, especially in her storytelling. Also a watercolor hobbyist, she has been a freelancer for two decades with three years of experience in journalism. Born and brought up in India, she's the author of three books, and she has been living in Singapore since 1990. Jayanthi, welcome to the space. Yes, thank you, Hollis. It's great to be with you again after the trial session. And um, I've been going through your website all the time, you know, whenever I got get the time. And I must say, truly impressed how much you're doing, putting your time and effort into this cause. It's lovely, lovely to be uh, one of the guests in your show. Thank you so much for that. Oh, you are so kind. I so appreciate you. And I cannot wait to share more who you are with my audience. So yes. reading the tiniest bit about you, can you please tell us a little bit more about yourself? Uh, well, um, I'm a simple person, <laughs> nothing, you know, um, uh, in fact, I'm more of an introvert. Um, I, I, even um, me becoming a writer wasn't even expected during my formative years. Um, I was so, so quiet. All the processings were in, within me. I never expressed, never verbalized. But uh, during the mid 90s, some some magic happened which transformed me um you know a, a, a critic was uh, unexpectedly blooming inside me after my years of reading and uh, i think uh, that's when i thought i should try i mean is it so difficult to write let me try how difficult it is that that was all when i tried one short story that opened a law you know wide door of creativity for me and 27 years now i'm very happy <laughs> so uh, so creativity is yeah everyone has right creativity is so instinctive and uh, every one of us have creativity but whether we pursue it consciously or are we leaving it you know because of the fast paced world that's where we all differ, right? When we consciously follow our instinctive creativity, we, 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 we tend to create really wonders that can be shared with others, I think. Mm. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna mm. stop you right there because we're gonna oh, dive sure. in in a minute and this is gonna be a beautiful conversation. And 
Yes, I'm really looking, I'm looking forward to learning more about who you are as a person in your journey. But before yes. we do all that, let's do our yes. would you rather question. Yes. And then we'll dive into the first official question. So, yes. Janthi, would you rather swim with dolphins or turtles? Oh dear. Dolphins. <laughs> Me too. Why do you say that? <laughs> Maybe because I can really hold on to it very well and I can see the face and the winds and, uh, you know, in, in turtles, they are too small. I might hinder the turtles uh, swimming. Here I can, um, and, and, and of course, we all love to watch the, uh, you know, um, turtle, I mean, sorry, the dolphin. And uh, yes, and if, yeah, <laughs> love it. Even to watch the dolphins. <laughs> I know. I have never met a person who doesn't smile when they see a dolphin. I, th I think it's physically impossible. <laughs> yes. They are so, so adorable. Yes. They are. They're like when we've been on the beach and all of a sudden yes. the dolphins are like jumping out of the water, everybody <laughs> stops and points and they're like dolphins and they're just I, I, smiling. I, I, you know what? I sometimes wonder, do they know we are watching? They do it so beautifully, gracefully, you know? And uh, I always wonder, they must be able to sense someone is watching, let me dance. So. Because <laughs> there's a performing, because they say their brains, and I, if I'm wrong on this, I could be wrong on this, but um, they say that their brains are that of, maybe that of a five-year-old or something like that. So there is the the intelligence um, when they know that they have an audience. So yes, yes. <laughs> so there we go. So I am totally on board with you there for the um, dolphins as well. So mm -hmm. moving on to the first official official question is how do you define creativity? Um, it's my inner experience, at least for me, of dreaming and imagining. Uh, which normally triggers newer ideas in me. Um, my intellect rips itself from its routine, you know, to go on a fun spree and I call it, call that creativity rather than the end product or the output, which I may term it later as art. Uh, while the result, yes, is can be important because I can share it with others, you know, giving it a form, but I value more the process and the, you know, ineffable joy it leaves behind in me and all the wishful thoughts, you know, revolutionary, um, you know, even sometimes crazy ideas come during that time. And it, like I said before, it's so instinctive and we can, but one thing is that in creativity uh, is, is not taught or learned, right? We all know. And uh, just being open-minded, observant, and calm in my own way can initiate creativity in me, you know. What works for me need not have to work for the other, but uh, what I can teach and learn are the craft parts of that can turn the creative impulse into an art. Um, it is my way of finding myself constantly and continuously interacting with myself to entangle all the cobwebs, the countless, you know, complex thoughts, um, aligning them systematically. And um, subsequently, you know, I get to share them with others through my creative writings or paintings even. And when, and we can't deny the fact that humanity has not yet clearly defined what creativity really is. That's my opinion, primarily because it can only be so subjective and its understanding keeps changing. The yardsticks keep shifting. All that comes under creativity in this era need not uh, come under creativity a decade later, right? It becomes the norm later on over, over a period of time. And uh, uh, I remember during my mid-twenties, you know, shunning all the, uh, like I said, I, I've always been an introvert. So I was shunning away my uh, resistance or inhibitions, and I started getting more accommodative 
uh, to all the surrounding chaos in my life. And that's when I started uh, uh, enjoying that, what was happening in me, that the creativity. When I started uh, creating in my mind, um, it, it increased over time because I, I knew the taste of it. Uh, and it came only after that um, churning of inhibitions. And the beginning happened only because of my um, you know, continuous reading, uh, which expanded uh, my mind uh, you know, over the years. And my, basically my journey as a writer wasn't even expected, like I said. I didn't show any sign of writing till then. And I still am quite surprised how it, I'm still here for 27 years. I didn't have any expectations out of life. Mm. I didn't set any goals, even the fundamental ones, you know, I mean, it might sound unbelievable to many, but those who know me for quite some time long, you know, like my close friends and siblings, they would know what I mean here, because no, they know me. So all of us have senses, right? And therefore we see, observe, feel, admire the world. So we're all creative, right, Hollis? Mm. Uh, so, Yes, that's what I would say creativity is in my perspective. You said so many incredible things. And I'm looking back, I write as people speak because it's a way that I process. So um, oh, okay. so, so I, I can really hold on to what was said. And where you said creativity is an inner experience of dreaming, of imagining. Mm -hmm. And rather than the end product, it's the process, but then also the forming and the shaping of the ideas, bringing yes. it to form. Yeah. There's so much beauty, I think, in that with just the reinforcing this imagine, imagining. And because each of us is unique and we could be both looking at the same thing, but imagining something different as we're looking at that thing. Exactly. And, and the end product, that is something that's so beautiful of what that actually is. I've had so much experience and I know you have too. We're going to dive into more about your background with journalism and all these other aspects, but yes. especially like being an art teacher for so long and all these just different spaces of working with people is that yes. it was stressed about the process that do not worry Yes, it's certain, certain things, it's just about the process and other things, yes, we are working towards creating a visual of some kind, but it's still in that process that you get to it because that's where, it's never a straight line. There's a lot of curves and zigzags and broken lots lines. Of craziness, lots of craziness, lots, lots of uh, indisciplined uh, process. Uh, that's where creativity lies. And we can always sort it out later, uh, uh, you know, bring some real shape to it, some artistry to it. I believe so. Even in text, uh, we, we just go, let loose and write. Uh, editing comes later. Similarly for, mm, you, know, per, uh, you know, ideating a painting or something, the basic idea is good enough. And then just, just go, go about and um, there are several layers of painting that we will be doing and we can get into a good shape. Uh, creativity mostly is impulsive, I think. <laughs> oh, I love where you just said, wow, okay. <laughs> I love that you said that creativity is an indisciplined process. It should be, because then it is natural. <laughs> it's natural. <laughs> you hear that everybody? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yes, yes, because when we are, it's a difference between being in our head and being in our heart. Because when we are in our head, we're overanalyzing and that's when yeah, we often exactly. get stuck. Like we're not going anywhere when we're yes. way too yes. up here. Yes. But when. So, so don't set any parameters, don't set any rules, just let go. <laughs> because there was no expectations and no goals for you to be a writer like you said, and here you are 27 years later, there was, you weren't the class writer, you weren't told that you were, because you were, as you said, introverted, you were quiet, it was inside here, but there was a lot going on inside here, Yes. until you finally felt that you were, 
maybe you'll tell me if I'm using the right words, until you felt that you were worthy enough or ready to bring it out. Would that be correct uh, or, or no? The talk story I said uh, that I tried was more to, you know, when I was reading a short story, um, I felt uh, I'm missing something there. Am I missing? I went on reading again and again. The third time I, I was, I mean, you know, re reconfirming to myself that it wasn't worth publishing uh, in print, which is widely read. But soon, very, the, the, inst the instant I thought of that, uh, it took me a second to sense an, a voice coming from within saying, have you ever even tried writing an, even an essay? How can you even criticize what you haven't even tried? That was, that was uh, the trigger for me to try a short story out of a silly uh, early morning dream that I had. Um, and it got published. Even then I didn't believe I could write, you know, it took me another maybe one and a half years and another 10 more short stories before I really started believing that yes, I have it in me, I should pursue. Till then I thought it was just an accident. I, I, I wanted to find out how difficult it was to write, but I ended up liking it. I ended up pursuing it, but still the confidence came only later on Hollis. So, so, so that was the, what, uh, what, but I didn't know these things only, you know, normally that's the case, right? After 10 years, when I was sitting and, uh, you know, reflecting, this is what happened, <laughs> I realized. So, so it wasn't like anything planned or, or, or I was, um, um, you know, finding out which I didn't find out. In a way, yes. In a way, yes. I was rediscovering myself. But then again, I didn't know it was there in me. That critic, um, which, uh, you know, he was born after a few years of intense reading. Again, even for reading, I didn't have any agenda or I didn't have any guidance. I didn't have any plans just for the pleasure of reading anything and everything. Of course, slowly I came to a point where I could, uh, uh, I could know these are the uh, authors I normally like, these are the authors I must try, all that I came to know. But then uh, th that uh, five years of reading was what, um, uh, you know, brought me to that phase and the critic, um, pulled out that writer out of me. <laughs> so yes, uh, that was the process, uh, Hollis. And uh, even now, when I think back, I don't know if, as if I'm reading out of a novel, a, a person's, a, a woman's uh, evolution or rediscovery, that's what I feel. Uh, it feels so distant. It feels so, so something that happened to someone because it's 27 years back. <laughs> and I didn't even know what was happening to me. Right. But that was what happened, you know. And it's so beautiful to even, I'm so grateful that happened. <laughs> well, you were willing to be part of the process. You were willing to be open yes, to it. Because, exactly. Because going back to the, you had no expectations and no goals. So yes, in that, which leaves a blank canvas per yes. se. But yeah. I, I want to kind of touch on this aspect of the journalism, which mm -hmm. I know didn't bring you joy, but I know the journalism fit in at some point before yes. or around this. So if you can kind of tell us about the journalism, the freelancing and to where you are now. Oh, yes, uh, because my boys were growing up and I didn't want to leave them alone and go to a full time job. So I tried, um, you know, um, teaching children at home tutoring. They come for extra, uh, those, uh, you know, those parents who are worried about their grades or something, they send them to me. That was, um, that went on for five to six years, um, early 90s. 
and after five to six years, I um, concluded that I didn't enjoy teaching. I did it, yes. It, I didn't conclude after a year or two. It was after six years. And what I did, I did very well. They were all so happy, parents and children, yes. But did I like it? Did I want to go on? No. So that's when I thought, um, I have a skill. Uh, you know, I, I'm a bilingual person. My mother tongue is Tamil. And of course, English is my medium of education. And so, so these are the two strengths I have. And these two pairs I'm capable of translating. So what I went, uh, what I did was uh, I, those days, the internet and the Google was just emerging, evolving, but I still went online and uh, got to know a few agents, small companies, private agents who do the outsourcing of translation works. They get it from bigger uh, companies. They, you know, they have a pool of translators. And that's when um, I just tried again with no, no foundation or no proper certificate for translation, nothing and no guidance, simply some instinct, you know, I just tried, I just emailed, they, you know, gave me tests, each of them. And I ended up within two, three years, I ended up working for seven to eight um, such companies. They included me in their pool of translators and whenever they have it, they give. When this was building, I just stopped the tutoring button. And, and even today, after 21 years, I'm still into freelance. Um, so uh, as for journalism, um, <clears throat> when was it? Uh, 2012, yes. 2012, um, I thought, okay, I'm doing so much of work from home. Yes, it helped me. The boys have grown now. Uh, so I can try going full time outside, see the world more, more of the office setup. And, all. and again, I just simply tried and I got into a, a, a newspaper as a sub editor and it went on for three years. And I liked it, liked it in the sense that the, the, the work culture or the people around interacting with so many people um, juggling home and uh, office and traveling. Um, and I got to work, walk more, you know. Uh, yes, we all go to um, walk in the evenings and then um, brisk walk, this and that. But it's it was compulsive and <laughs> working, right? We go to work, we have to work, uh, walk. Uh, and I thought, it helped me in my health and you know um, maintaining the weight, body weight, and all. Uh, what I didn't like was the I don't know if I can use that word. Um, the 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 news writing is fake. My heart kept telling me it's so artificial. Um, you know. Yes, there was an accident, there was an incident, but there are so many uh, perspectives to it. My heart went always onto the human side of it. Never the legal or the political side of any, any article, any incident or any accident. And I, I didn't like it. I had to write that. I had to write what was required. I couldn't write what I wanted to write. This I didn't like. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's when I realized fiction writing is where I belong. And uh, uh, that's where I can write what I want to write. Mm. Yes, that was the experience in journalism I had. Mm. And that was for three years, did you say? Yes, three years. 2012 to 2015. So what's really interesting to me in your progression is, I re so there was the reason you wanted to stay at home because you wanted to be with your boys. Um, 
and you were working. So you were able to kind of have that balance in that, in that way. And then yes. the translating, I really appreciated what you said in that, that you kind of went with your instinct and yes. what, what skills you had and yeah. you didn't maybe do the official schooling per se, yes. but you did. It just made me think of, so my son is um, bilingual. He speaks Spanish and he, he speaks from, he learned from his friends and he had taken Spanish classes, but that's not where he learned it. He learned it with, by being immersed and he has all of the inflection. Like he, so I bring it up because we kept saying to him, this is a skill you have. And at one point it was thought that he was gonna like get translating experience, but fast forward a few years, he's now been hired to a job recently where he's the only person who is, he's like a project manager and he's the only project manager that speaks Spanish when all of the employees in that space speak Spanish. So my son, my younger son, who is working in Citibank is having the same kind of a uh, situation. He speaks Mandarin. And, and he's the only person who speaks Mandarin. And some of the interviewers, uh, when they, he's uh, applying for other jobs. Yeah. So they say, you, they're Chinese, but they will say, you speak better than me. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. And when they ask, do you write and read? Yes, if I get another um, uh, birth time, I will. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just, I bring it up because I just really like, again, there's so much in the thread of what you're saying is that you went with your instincts. Like instincts is a really big part of things. So then here in your three year stint with journalism, you like these aspects of it, but then it was the whole artificial aspect. So here from yes. your heart, so I totally understand when it gets to that point where you're like, um, that's not what I want to be reporting or that's not what I want to be saying. I want it to be authentic to me yes. and the storytelling. So in whatever that looks like, it was like that for me in the classroom. So yeah. tell me, so, okay. So now you have been an author, you have been writing and publishing for 27 years. So your style, you are fiction, right? Fiction writer? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so tell us before we go into um, the second question, tell us a little bit more about some of the books that you've written. Oh, yes. The latest novel is Tabula Rasa. <clears throat> you know, right? The, uh, the, it's a Latin uh, phrase that says uh, clean slate uh, without any preconceived notion. It refers to, to the mind that is uh, something like newborn baby, which has no influence of the external world. Mm, so pure and fresh, uh, newly born. That kind of a mindset is called tabula rasa. Mm -hmm. And uh, I gave that name to my um, novel, the latest one, which is about uh, Singapore. 200 years of Singapore history that I'm covering on that. It's a historical fiction. And uh, um, of course, there is a contemporary thread that, that goes in, intertwining with the historical. So that's the novel. And the previous novel was Misplaced Hits. Mm. And uh, that, that um, and um, yes, the tabula rasa is uh, male-centric. I did it purposely. I made my protagonist and my main characters males. Uh, men and uh, it was challenging because I had to think of like a man and the, I had to do more research on the male psychology wherever I had doubts but the previous one was misplaced heads was female centric feminine and feministic mm. and therefore it had uh, many uh, um, women characters naturally it happened like that and I wanted to break that um, pattern that was setting and that's why I chose Tabula Rasa to be something different from the previous. Uh, I had to make it, um, you know, I had to give importance to the male characters. And it, it helped me because I was speaking about migrations of the 
earlier times and most of the men migrated those times and it suited me very well. Whatever I had in my mind, my backdrop and the theme and the plot really helped me achieve that. So those are the two book novels. The first one was Dangling Gandhi. As you can see there in my uh, next, uh, so Dangling Gandhi, Misplaced mm -hmm. Heads and Tavla Rasa. So the Dangling Gandhi is a, a collection of 12 short stories, uh, more, more um, Asian or uh, Southeast Asian. And uh, most of them are historical. Uh, about four or five out of the 12 are of course the contemporary. Um, themes. So these are the three books um, uh, you know I've published, and of course I've done a few. Um, I've contributed to anthologies, and I've done a few anthologies. These are my three personal books. Mm. So I'm curious about so your most recent one, which you said the characters were male centric. In your process, do you interview? Uh, were you interviewing men? Yes. Yes, being, yes. To understand the mindset? Yes, yes. Um, basically, we live in a world where uh, we're all surrounded by men and women, and we keep seeing, we have men in our lives. My husband and my two grown-up sons, I see them, how different and how similar they can be at times. And uh, we all know how male psychology and the female psychology work. Uh, it's not that we don't know, but yet, when we write uh, in specific knots and um, you know thought processes, we get we have to um, double check, right? Especially when when the character is a little little weird, if I may say, or yeah. or depressed or undergoing some uh, anguish, psychological disorders or something, then I have to check, which I did. As for the um, historical part of it, um, this novel has been within me for. 10 to 12 years before I wrote. Mm. It, it, it shaped and shaped and shaped. It gathered um, uh, flesh and blood on it, on the skeleton, all the way before I wrote. And uh, I, of course, naturally I, I read a lot and I gather information about Singapore and I go uh, deliberately research for some essay or something. I come across something, oh, this, I can't use in the essay that I'm researching for, but it is going to help me. I note down the, the, the page number, the book, the call number of the library, the branch and everything in the So when I started writing, I went for those books. I, I, I researched more on them. And, uh, and I had one elderly gen uh, Chinese gentleman in the old house when we were living in another place. He used to live in the same block He's quite old, uh, as uh, old as my father, maybe. So he, whenever he saw me, I don't know whether he's alive now, because he was a little frail in that time. So um, he used to, uh, you know, get so childlike. And he used to share with me his childhood when he, earlier Singapore, when the Japanese occupied, when, when it was under the colonial rule, those times, his school life and his cousins behind, um, you know, war of prison, uh, prisoners of war, um, prisoners of war, and uh, those experiences uh, he used to share with me. And I used to listen just like a, you know, four-year-old who's, uh, uh, you know, who's listening to his mother reading bedtime stories. That's all. Nothing. I didn't have any idea of what it is going to do in me, but it mm. did. I didn't know then. I was only listening to what he was sharing. More, more because he was so happy sharing. But I realized I listened to him so well that all those stayed in me. And they came out when I started writing these novels. And uh, where did I, where did I? get that from I, I i get surprised and then i realized those are those and of course i sh i did talk to many migrant workers and those all i did for the novel yes but what oh my god i love how you describe this is how everybody knows you're a writer your descriptive words 
you basically said at one part, your novel has been in you for 10 years and it took time to build the flesh and blood on the skeleton. <laughs> oh my God, do you hear those descriptive <laughs> words, everybody? <laughs> I think it's just so important to reinforce that is that, and it kind of goes back to this theme of not having expectations. Yes. It was brewing inside of you. There was something inside of you. Yes. You, were, you were listening, listening to these stories. You were observing you were taking the time to kind of let it sink in. And that's just kind of when things gel and take shape. I, I like see it as a sculpture. It's just like these, these words and images start to take shape. And then all of a sudden it's like, this is a book or this is whatever it is. In your case, it's like, this is a story. This is a book. And because I've been hearing it for a while and it, you get that butterfly feeling in your stomach where you're like, yes. <laughs> This is so exciting. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Okay, so let's find out a little bit more about you as a person and how you incorporate more creativity into your own life. How do you do that besides your writing? Uh, yes, um, anything we do, even mundane jobs like cooking and cleaning that is out in our routine um, sometimes we find ourselves suddenly getting creative right uh, that happens also to me and also when when I take my brushes <clears throat> uh, be it watercolor or recently I've started liking palette knife acrylic uh, I love it the, 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 I don't know how well I am bringing out a painting, but I know that the process is giving me so much joy and I'm going to explore more on that. But um, creativity is the source of my writing and painting, right? Uh, I have tuned my mind to be more open. That's, that's the strength many people find in me. And I know also for sure that, that open-mindedness is what is is, is uh, creating many magical moments and uh, creative moments, right? And uh, watching my thoughts um, leads me to memorable creative process. And I've always observed my mental activities at the conscious level um, also often works um, at the subconscious level. You know, disrupted thoughts thoughts re-emerge after, uh, after some time in my mind and flashes of continuous thoughts at the alpha state of my sleep, lucid dreams. And I have, um, especially when I'm into a novel, I'm writing chapters, I'm forming the knots and the character arc. I have noticed um, when I'm about to sleep, especially because it's always there in my mind, I'm interacting with that character or not. So when I'm about to sleep, I'm not yet um, sleeping. And that is when I get brilliant flashes mm. of creativity. And, and so that, that's, that's, the, that's when I start using a sheet of paper and a pencil. Uh, I leave them be, uh, beside my pillow even I don't have to switch on the light or anything. I just have to take, even in the darkness of the night, I would just scribble a word or a phrase. And that's enough for me to recollect in the morning. And if I don't um, do that, I, I, I lose it. I know I'm, I will lose it. A word or, or childlike scribbling, you know, the scribbling of a child. That's how it would be because I'm half asleep. I, I, I'm getting the, I'm, I'm catching the flash, I'm just scribbling. And this have helped me in many ways. So does it keep you awake though? Do you get excited? And you once, can't once I know, once I know down, yeah, I can sleep well. I will instantly fall asleep. If I don't, um, don't uh, note down, then I am unable to sleep. On the other hand, um, I might also increase the chances of losing that uh, flash of an idea. Mm -hmm. And this always happens in, uh, when I'm into a novel writing. So this is one thing I have learned that I must leave a paper and a pencil beside my uh, pillow. And uh, <laughs> people find me sometimes, uh, you know, uh, 
Yeah, weird. Yes, I, I, I can't. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say you're weird. <laughs> but no, uh, because when you deliberately try, creativity doesn't happen. When you leave yourself open your mind and it, it blooms. And um, especially when you're really writing the chapters, the scope is still going deeper and uh, we won't know when it can happen you see yeah so uh, so 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 what i think is it's a uh, individual uh, the brains uh, play <laughs> the intellect playing you know and i have observed you know the creative people are mostly not ocd they they are so fairly accommodative uh, to the chaos around right i have been i have <laughs> If someone is too disciplined, too OCD, this cannot be there. That can then they the, the, they are hindering the creativity that can happen. Yeah, you know yeah. because they are setting rules all the time. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's funny that you say that because yes, I completely agree, and that's where my creativity gets blocked when I find myself fixating on something. Yes. And I'm fixating and it's just again and again and I'm analyzing it from all these different angles. And that's when I have to wake my husband up when he's asleep. And I'm like, I've been thinking. He's like, oh, shit, she's been thinking. <laughs> like, like, that's. Can you let me sleep? I'm like, I have to now. Gratefully, my kids are old enough where I can talk it to them and they can either tune me out and just let me talk or they'll respond so I don't have to wake him up. Um, <laughs> I'm like, just let me get it out of my system. I realize it's annoying. It's not serving me, but it has to get out of my system for somebody to say, shut the hell up, Hollis, or or listen and give me feedback <laughs> like something needs to happen throughout this process <laughs> yes very correct so i think uh, we should let some eccentricity in us let that be uh, so that's that that only can give some room for the creativity to happen if you're going to go on you know setting rules following rules ensuring rules are followed then I think uh, that's why I said OCD people are missing out on creativity. Yeah, I could always tell when I co-owned a clay studio and we would do a workshop and I always, and no offense to anybody who's listening, but I could always tell the person that would ask for a ruler. Like when, ah. we're, when we're working with clay, okay. <clears throat> at least in the beginning process, there was always somebody somewhere that was like, do you have a ruler that I can use? And never denied them the rulers. Like they need the ruler for that time in order to measure correctly in there and to, to feel more comfortable before they can get to that space where they don't need the ruler. Yes, very correct. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I can understand. You know, so it's... Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then... And then it can kind of flow. And sometimes the ruler then does create the space for the creativity because certain things need to be a certain dimension and a parameter needs to be kind of set in that way. But it was just interesting because there was always that personality that as soon as they walked in the door, in my head, I'm thinking they're going to need, <laughs> they're going to need a ruler for at least the beginning stages. <laughs> and then an hour in, we're going to chill out a little bit more. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> it's control. It's like this control issue of yeah. whatever the medium is. You know, uh, yes, when when there is a ruler needed, yes, the, the, it should be given because it's a learning process of a technique, a craft. But in that process, if you're going to say, "Don't let your clay go up here," "Don't let your clay uh, uh, be on your face." Uh, you know, do, do stay, <laughs> don't disturb the makeup that you're on. No, that's what I mean. Let it be all over. Let it be, you know. <laughs> Even for the children when you teach, it should be the case, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And with adults, I found especially on the potter's wheel, um, there was yeah. kind of this fascination of getting dirty, which was necessary. And they, some really enjoyed the process, some were more hesitant, but then just with the clay, really understanding that it is very much of where you are in your mental state 
is how the clay will act. So if yes, you be with it, <laughs> if you feel scattered, if you feel ungrounded uh, all over the place, you're not going to be able to center that clay. It's just going to take you all over the place on the potter's wheel before you can open it up. But if you're kind of like, if you can hold your ground, if you can set your arms down, if you can kind of control the clay in a sense, then the clay will be like, okay, <laughs> I oh, won't, so I won't take advantage. It's, it, it's such a metaphor for life. I think the whole life itself is that uh, potter you know that's how i'm uh, instantly thinking it, so, it's, it's it's a metaphor for life how humans like live life how humans can you know get to know life and uh, live the life <laughs> so so it's so beautiful that when you explained <laughs> mm, well thank you it's just it's these observations that we have where it's yes it's just a gift when you have the awareness, you know, to be able to observe and and not judge it. I, it's finding like, yeah. on, like honestly, moment, not, not judging it. Yes, yes. The moment you start judging, your mind is slowly closing. <laughs> then uh, there, there is no acceptance. Then there is no room for any expansion or extended thinking and therefore the, the creativity is also kind of crippled yeah right? yeah 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 definitely yeah because it's so small it's like in this little box that's there's too many like you said in the beginning there's too many rules mm. Whew. good stuff <laughs> thank so, you so so good so as we're getting to the top of the hour we have our third question which kind of wraps it up and puts a nice little bow on it which is why do you think creativity is important uh, creativity brings life meaning zeal purpose you know to my life i think to anybody's life it can illuminate my inner being, chasing away the darkness that often tries to enter me because we, we all have that kind of uh, moments, right? The depressive mm. or, or when we hear about depressive things, we are affected, you know? So, so um, I redeem myself from such moments only through creativity indulgence in um, painting or reading. Reading by itself is creative, you know. It can be because the novelist means something and I perceive it differently, but the text is the same. So that creativity comes there also. People might think writers only are creative. Readers are creative in their own ways. So I that's love why it. <laughs> yeah 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 say finish your yeah so so that's so, why so yeah that's why you know uh even my writing is such um it has abstractness to it i leave it purposely so that my readers can participate in the reading and so my novel begins in me continues in the reader and uh, and each reader continues it in his or her own way that's the beauty of the creativity happening in me and later the creativity is happening in my readers. So it's, it's um, you know, uh, it's the creativity, whatever impulses I have it at, in creative uh, realm in me, all of them I'm not translating into paintings or texts. They are so much more, only some of them. So, and I think I, I don't have to uh, bring everything out. Some people, uh, aspire, aspiring authors, writers, they are uh, thinking everything they think they have to write, whatever they write, they have to publish. It's not that way. Whatever I'm creating here, I don't even write one quarter of what I'm creating here into words. And whatever I'm writing, I'm, I'm not even publishing one-tenth of it. It is not 
always necessary that you always publish or 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 do a bring into some tangible form whatever you're creating here. it's it's not some project it's always a process therefore uh, enjoy the process is what i always tell people and <clears throat> i think uh, it is any setting or circumstances uh, that can initiate creativity in me and that's why i go on long walks whenever i have time whenever i'm into chapter writing i go for long walks into the you know you know those um, nature reserves of singapore uh, alone and uh, that, that that really can trigger my creativity into deeper um, levels so um, i always think should we make creativity uh, compulsory to the humanity because the humans are chasing after money and technology and things i always feel sad should we make it yes of course innovations are happening innovations are social creativity is personal individual brain so should we make creativity but but again it might dry up the beauty of it and making it like a dry curriculum and all so let's not do it so then should we make it illegal so that people try it secretly more and more people <laughs> i always ask this should we make it illegal creativity is illegal don't don't try then people will try more mm -hmm. um, the people will explore um, so what i um, always uh, you know feel is the multimedia visual media the technology virtual world is helping us so much on the other hand uh, the creativity part is actually in some way or the other becoming again they are also the creative processes are becoming mechanical if i should say so mm -hmm. so for me a creative process should have human side to it the human side to it the rawness to it that's what i love and i go after that kind of creative processes so i write predominantly uh, singapore fiction so reading like an author writing like a reader you know reading and writing like a critic or just reading and writing like an editor uh, all require creativity i think and these roles keep changing uh, a combination of uh, those and with conscious effort when i'm working in a pro a novel but otherwise it it always happens so the editor in me is always disturbing me when i'm writing my chapters and i i i have to find creative ways to make her stay away when i'm really creating so the creativity is always happening see so i have to coax her come back later it's this is not your time you will <laughs> not now not now so yes so the, so um sky is the limit for creativity oh my gosh there's uh, the creative ways to make the editor come back later it's like this problem solving aspect of it it's it's true it's within every decision that we make it's within every every way that we decide to show up it's all a process if we look at it that way like it's just and I, I really appreciate how you talked about the writer creating the story from their aspect and then the reader creatively reading and translating it in a way. Yes, the words are all there, but again, people are going to take it in a different way and process it in a different way. And I think thank you so much for bringing that up because there's so much beauty in that. Yes. Yes. Because a reader uh, might be a 30-year-old or a 70-year-old uh, and the reader's age and experience, exposure, and the reading experience by itself. Yeah. A reader might have just started two years ago. Another reader might be reading for, let's say, 30 years. So the way they uh, can uh, see yeah. the text, uh, you know, consume the text, will be different for everyone and if if a text i always tell this also in my workshops if a text is catering to 
everyone in, in the same way, then the text is a failure. <laughs> Yes, my head is I mean, like all over is, the place. Yeah. Is because they are telling all the time. They, they are not showing and not giving any scope for imagination in the reader. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's so interesting. My daughter, um, she has been into, I don't remember the name of the book, but there's kind of like a newer way of releasing books lately where they release chapters by chapters. So she'll read and then she's really excited for the next update. So it's kind of like this cliffhanger. So a certain amount of chapters are released and then left. And then she's just talking about it. She's like, oh, I can't wait. It's like a drop of chapters. <laughs> like, how is this going to continue? And I'm like, that's brilliant. It really yeah. is such and a way she, of captivating she, she the will, audience. She will be imagining without her consciousness that uh, this could be happening. That could be happening. She's already creative again. Yes, yes. It's it's it. Yes, exactly right. It creates this whole aspect of well, maybe this will happen, and maybe that'll happen, and maybe the characters will do this. Until it's just, I was like, that is brilliant. Who whoever decided to now introduce? Maybe it's not so new per se. Maybe they've been doing it for it's hundreds of years. Been, it's it, it has been there so many so many years. Yes. Yeah. Since yeah. my childhood, I since my childhood, I've known such a thing is happening. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it just came more into my awareness and. <laughs> oh my gosh so as we are getting to the top of the hour this has been such a fun conversation. I have learned so much from you and about you, and I so appreciate that, Jayanti. Thank, Thank you so you, much. Wallace. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I truly. Uh, let's keep in touch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm truly inspired and grateful. Can you please let everybody know how they can connect with you? Uh, yes. Uh, my uh, Instagram um, handle is um, J-E-Y-A-N. T H I S A N K A R 28. That's my Instagram. Okay. Is that the best way to reach you? Uh, yes. Uh, the other is my email mm -hmm. J E Y E A N T H I S A N K A R 28 at gmail.com. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. So before we say our official goodbyes, is there anything else that is on your mind that you want to share with, with everybody? Uh, this topic that you gave me, I can go on talking for a, a whole day or maybe uh, continue the next day. Uh, so, uh, but uh, it was really wonderful, uh, a great opportunity for me. So, and uh, um, let's all keep our minds and heart open for all the creativity to happen. That's all I have to say. Mm, I love that. That is the perfect way to end. And this space is all about inspiring, sharing, and connecting. So please like, follow, share so we can lift each other up. I believe we've always needed this, but I believe with my heart that we need it now more than ever. So wherever you are listening in the world, I wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, or, or a good evening, and we'll be talking to you soon. So yes. goodbye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Feeling inspired? Let's just get rid of this, throw away this whole perfectionism thing, this whole concept that we have to know how to do everything. You know what? You don't. <laughs> Let's just do things and try things and realize what we like and what we don't like. It's all part of the process. The self-awareness feels so good. You feel more connection to yourself, connection to others, and huh, be a happier, more joyful person. Just imagine that. So you are where you are in the process. So you can dip your toe in the water to try new things at a slower pace, or you can dive right in. Here at I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, we meet you where you are. So there are so many ways to check us out. Explore our experiential kits. They have everything in them that you need to try new things. You don't have to buy anything else but this kit and just explore. There's Creative Shui, which is seven elements to join happiness. 
through the publishing house express yourself publishing multi-author books coffee books solo book opportunities it is all about expression all about it and it's again just trying these things and realizing what you're good at don't all of a sudden think that you only fit into one box because we don't we are not made for boxes <laughs> there is also my tv show i am creative check it out the links are all in the body of this podcast you can just click the link and you know what don't say oh maybe i'll check it out tomorrow life's too short just click it see what it's about there is honestly no judgment it's all about exploring the possibilities expressing yourself and expanding your thinking i will give you the website which is iamcreativephilly.com so I am creative Philly, P-H-I-L-L-Y.com. And just remember that you are an expressive being, so own it. I am looking forward to hearing your story because we all have one.